Hi there, I'm Tony Reese, and welcome to another episode of Humanized Profit. We have back with us today Craig Poole. Craig Poole is the president of Reading Hospitality LLC and the general manager of the Doubletree by Hilton Reading. We're going to be doing a couple of episodes uh, on this podcast about the big, bold moves that you have made getting the hotel, the people through this pandemic. And the one we're talking about today is you made a big, bold move acquiring a company, a couple of companies. So why don't you tell us about that? Well, great question. Thanks for asking me. Um, so during the pandemic, just like every other business, um, you weren't allowed customers or guests weren't allowed back into your business, but they were allowed to be outside, but not inside. So we were in the food and beverage business and we lost everything over the, in two months, just like most of the people listening, we lost all our business. But you could still eat outside. And so we have 27,000 square foot of banquet space that we couldn't use on a restaurant we couldn't use. Resilience is something that we do here very well. And I thought, well, I can't lay down and wait for this to be over. I have to find another outlet. So we started shopping outside venues and thought, well, I want to go into the outside catering business. And uh, so we went to a couple of venues. We tried to acquire some space and and I called uh, one of the owners of the hotel, and I said, I said, I know you're in the food and beverage business as well, and you have catering, um, and you're not doing as much. Can I borrow one of your trucks for a while to get outside catering? He said, well, you'll be competing with me. I said, well, the good thing is is that we're trying to keep this alive, and, we're, and you're trying to keep that alive. We'll work collectively somehow. And then shortly after that, we had a discussion about because he's not in the food and beverage business, he's in the retail business. And it made sense for him to focus on what he does best and focus and us to focus what we do best. So he stuck with his retail and he did very well because that was what his, that's what he wanted to be focused on. So he did well through the pandemic. In fact, he's right now he's having best year ever, ever, which is unbelievable. And he's a smart man and he said, Well, how would you like to t- take over our food and beverage at, that we have? Uh, and at the time, um, th- their food and beverage was faltering because they had a lot of kosher business, which was, and the synagogues were closed down. So they were hurting, and we were hurting, and we said, well, this, how about if we join forces and bring his catering business over here with the leadership, and along with a um, event design company, and along with three cafeterias. So we said, well, you know what? We have the time. We're ready to do it. And if we put a, the, le- the leader of that facility who happens to be here today with us, uh, if we brought him over, we would be strengthened in brains with his brain and his experience and, and our f- experience as well. So when this thing reopened, we'd have a great outside catering company. We'd have event design company. We'd have cafeterias. And we'd have internal business. And so we joined forces. And, and we, had a, we were two like-minded people, all on the same mission of staying alive, creating great experiences for the guests and for our employees and, the, and, and for the cash, for the profit. And so we brought him in after 40 years on his own, being in the, in the outside catering office business, he came into our business. And we went through our adjustment times and how are we going to do this? And we still go through a little bit of it. We pretty much combined it. 
Enough that over the weekend, this past weekend, we did well over $150,000 worth of catering and inside food and beverage over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we believe that bringing this together, we're going to not only get back to what we had in pre-pandemic, but we're actually going to be probably two years ahead of where we would have been if we just continued doing normal work. So well, let's bring that superstar to the table on Amen. this, you know, absolutely. <laughs> so to our audience, I would like to introduce Steve Bonner, who is our Vice President of Food and Beverage. Welcome, Steve, My to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's been a whirlwind uh, over this past year uh, with the pandemic. We at the Bosco's Department Store had been running six restaurants, three cafeterias, and a very uh, active off-premise catering business both in kosher and non-kosher. So it was a $5 million business up until March of last year of 2020. And at that point in time, it just, you know, everything closed. And and of course, the off-premise business was the only thing that was really keeping us going because we were able to do some outdoor events. But it was few and far between as far as the number of functions that we were catering. When uh, Craig had come to me uh, and said, hey, can I look at your trucks? Because we think we want to get into the off-premise business as well. So he came out with his associate and uh, looked at our trucks and, and uh, again, thought, well, gee whiz, you know, if he's looking at our trucks, maybe, maybe this might lead to something else further on down the line. As a result, with COVID, uh, we wound up uh, closing all the restaurants. So six restaurants we closed over the course of three or four months. But we were still maintaining the cafeterias in the department stores uh, to feed the coworkers because as coworkers were coming back to work, uh, they needed a place to eat. So the principal of the company decided to spend some money and put a beautiful cafeteria in. And we just recently opened that up under the double tree. But the important thing was that the, the principal wanted to keep that food service available to all his coworkers in each of the department store areas and distribution centers. That was important to him because he also, like Craig, has a goal of making sure that the, the coworkers, employees, are taken care of and, and, and they're treated very well. And part of that is obviously feeding them. Anytime you want to treat somebody well, you always put something in their belly. So that's, that was important to him. So as, as Craig and I had spoken over the last the f- first few months of all this, we just thought this would be a great idea. We, they're already doing food services at, at the hotel. They have a huge kitchen. All we really need is some trucks. And fortunately, we had some trucks. So it kind of worked out to, to everybody's advantage because it was a smooth transition. It was a smooth acquisition. We were able to bring what we did have booked Uh, as far as off-premise is concerned, over to the hotel, even booking more. And we had the kitchen staff in place at the hotel. We brought a few people over with us. We kept some longtime folks that have been with me for many, many years that are familiar with the business. We brought them over as well. And it turned out just to be a smart business decision because even the first part of this first year, we were able to do off-premise events even though we were limited to what we could do inside the hotel. So... To that point, it just worked out well for everybody all around, and it was a smart business decision at that point in time and looking going forward just to combine the two services uh, to make this a very profitable business in the future. Fantastic. And Humanized Profit is a management system, and that's something that you have deployed here for many, many years. And Profit as a strategy, we have performance and resilience ownership, freedom, innovation, and transaction. And 
this touches all of that strategy. In the middle of a pandemic, to have the owner of, of his own business come over here and then own F&B in the hotel is huge. And the innovation that it took and the resilience on both parties and staff in order to make this work. What do you think the biggest learning was in order to make this successful? Resilience. Mm -hmm. You better have a lot of resilience to do this. A major commitment. I mean, this is something that you're committed to do and you're not going to buck away from it. Freedom, um, because we took somebody from a, his own freedom for 40 years into a, in with us to be belong with us, not to report to us, but more to be part of what we're doing. And how do you do that? Like if we couldn't smother somebody who's already a pro, how do you open it up so he could become more of a pro? I think I also learned that sometimes uh, when you're on your own and you're struggling for all anybody, any business, that you always have someone pushing you to get to the next level. How do you get there? You need a partner. And so we have a good partner uh, in, uh, that has helped build us our food and beverage back. I, I want to mention this because what do the results look like? Well, it, it looks very good. Tonight we have a function. We have 750 people. It's an all-out function. And, and here's the great thing. Because we combined it, because we're good reputations, that's critical that you have a good reputation for both ends, that we have plenty of help to serve this. And we will, we will serve this meal. Uh, the dinner entree will be served in less than eight minutes tonight because we, we mathematically divided it into pieces, broke it into seven 100 parties, that's what we called it, and we will serve no less than eight minutes. And we're going to create a new reopening and with joy and, and happiness for the community, which they're all looking for, so it's going to make an impact the community. But it's also going to make an impact profitably for us because we're probably the only place any, within hundreds of miles that can serve 750 people very successfully because mm -hmm. we join forces and we're aligned on the same mission. That's the key. We acquired a company, they acquired us, whatever you call it, but we, we are, we're a partnership in this, and not even, now we're a family of this, and we're able to execute because we brought in people that were strong in the catering operation and fold them into our operation and, and vice versa. Now we're very strong and we're, we're uh, very resilient. And, they have, and they've learned by coming here that freedom is, is a gift that we give you here. And, and the opportunity to grow is, is unbelievable. Uh, you know, we acquired, another, since he's, he's been here, we acquired another catering company. So we have another catering company that we acquired, and we'll acquire more if we have, if we want to. Mm -hmm. And when the demand's up, we'll just keep acquiring places, and like Pac-Man, I guess. Absolutely. And Steve, you're just kind of getting your arms around humanized profit as sure. a system and working that in, mm -hmm. and then eventually teaching it. Mm -hmm. Are there any final thoughts that just from the overview of this acquisition and the success of it moving forward that you would like to share with this audience? Sure. One, one big thing is the fact that the hotel for years is, and it's the largest space in town. So, you know, anybody that wants to have a large event is going to have it at the hotel. So uh, last year, the hotel hosted um, 
two major events, charity events, John, John Paul II and, and Wine, Women, and Shoes, which were both held at the hotel. But they wanted to start those functions up this year again. We couldn't host it in the hotel because of the limitations of the pandemic. So, you know, they reach out to us and say, hey, we, we would love the hotel to do it. Can we, can we do it somewhere else? And they chose the ballpark for one event, the Reading Ballpark, and the other was somebody was kind enough to donate an airplane hangar where we catered that event as well, all again off-premise. So with, with that being said, we were able to keep that business in the hotel, really, because next year they're going to come back to the hotel. But we were able to keep that business and show them that we can do a quality product, not only in the hotel, but out of the hotel as well. As part of that quality product, that is the people that actually work the job. And that's what we're talking about, humanizing profit. Because the people that sold that job were the waiters, the bartenders, the servers. The way they interacted with the guests in an off-premise situation, which a lot of them were not used to. But the way they reacted and interacted with the guests at that party made those, both those parties a success. So, again, I think that if we take those people that work with us and work for us, our coworkers, and we make them part of the overall function um, of, the, of the event and the hotel, that's where we get the best feedback, and that's why people will come back to us and use us as a caterer both in and out of the house. Mm-hmm. And that's what we are sharing as a strategy in, in the Humanized Profit uh, podcast series. Craig, any but, final thoughts? Yeah. I said the biggest point was resiliency, but it really was innovation because mm-hmm. you have to be innovative to do this. Uh, Steve had to be innovative. The principal has to be innovative. We have to be innovative. And then how does, how does the innovation that we all did before pandemic, how does that look? What's that look like during it? But more, most importantly, what happens after that? So we've been innovative enough that we're now creating different types of events, different types of uh, ways to do business outside of what the normal is. Um, and I, th- we already know our revenues are going to be substantial because we're getting substantial bookings, enough bookings that we hired two more salespeople to um, fulfill all the demand, demand that we're creating. And it also has to be innovative because you're combining forces of different people and you're combining inventories, which is hard when the when inventories are low. So there's a lot of innovation of combining foods, combining menus. Uh, how do you reimagine? What's that, what's that look like when you put it all under one roof that wasn't built to do this? How do you park seven new vehicles when you, when you, ha- when you have enough parking for three? Uh, I mean, um, work vehicles. So we have vans, refrigerated trucks. We bought a, refriger- a new refrigeration truck the same day we took over the company, the same day. Uh, because we, we knew that we were going to have enough business that we better get one more truck. And we needed it. Mm-hmm. So I think we were very innovative, but I think we, there, it was thoughtful innovation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm really pleased where this is going. And we're looking forward to, to more and bigger and better and creating great experiences for the city that we work in, for the people that work here. And you'll stay tuned because there'll be good stories about that coming up. Really, really good stories of what we're working on. And I promise you, I'll, I'll be on more podcasts because <laughs> I want to tell those stories as it, as it becomes live. And we want to hear them. So that's the good news, too. Steve Bonner, thank you very much for Thanks, being thank part you. of the show today. Thanks. Craig, can't wait till the next time. Me too. <laughs> <laughs>
It's awesome. I'm Tony Reese. Until next time. Thanks, Steve.